Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another hand. Praise. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Terry. We are thinking of this question, uh, what is a kingdom man? Uh, on this Father's Day, we are kind of challenging, putting the standard up. What is a kingdom man? Because as followers of Jesus, we are ultimately part of the kingdom of God. Someone say kingdom of God. As followers of Jesus, at the end of the day, if you're a man, you're supposed to be a kingdom man. If you're a woman, you're supposed to be a kingdom woman. If you're married, you're supposed to have a kingdom marriage. If you uh, have a family, you're supposed to be a, have a kingdom family. We, we are to be a kingdom church. And so I remember Jesus telling Pilate uh, when he was kind of interrogated by Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. What does that mean? It means that uh, we're not supposed to live like the world. We're not supposed to uh, dress like the world, think like the world, behave like the world, or even respond like the world. Someone shout amen. And so we're thinking about what does it mean to be a kingdom man, and we're looking at 1 Corinthians 16, 13 kind of as a uh, foundational text. It reads, be watchful. Someone say watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Someone say faith. Act like men. All right, some of y'all wives missed your opportunity to say amen. I'm going to give you another opportunity. Act like men. That's what it says right there. I didn't say it. It says got to act like a man. Hello, somebody. Be strong. Someone say strong. So uh, my, my kind of contribution to this uh, question, what is a kingdom man, is I want us to think about that a kingdom man is strong. Someone say strong. Uh, a kingdom man is strong. And I want to remind us that uh, God wants us to be strong in faith. He wants us to be strong uh, in character. He wants us to be strong in worship. He wants us to be strong in integrity. Someone shout amen. In fact, all throughout the scripture, over and over again, the Lord commands his people to be strong. It's not an option. It's not something for us to think about or contemplate. But he says it over and over again. For example, in Joshua 1.8, the Lord says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Someone say, be strong. Notice it's a commandment. It's not an option. It's not something to be thought about. It's not something to be voted upon. But God is telling us to be strong. Someone shout strong. Psalms 31 verse 24 reads, So be strong and courageous, all who put your hope in the Lord. Be strong and courageous. This is the commandment of the Lord. And so when we think about a kingdom man is strong. Uh, the question I want us to also think about is how do we renew our strength? 
How do we renew our strength? Because the reality is, even though we're supposed to be strong, the world has a way of weakening us. Even though we're supposed to be strong, the world has a way of draining us, frustrating us. Sometimes people get on our nerves. Hello, somebody. So how do we renew our strength in a world that is constantly pulling on us and draining us and trying to distract us? Let me give us some thoughts on how to renew our strength. The first and probably most important thing I would say is make God the source of your strength. Make God the source of your strength. Not people, not, not things, not money, not accomplishments, not goals. I want to challenge somebody this morning. Don't say, oh, once I get that job, I'm going to be okay. Don't say, oh, once I get that raise, I'm going to be better. Don't say, once I get uh, uh, that house, I'm going to do much better. Don't say, oh, once I get married, I'm going to be okay. When you make those statements, you reveal that you are drawing your strength from something in this world. You're revealing the source of your strength, and you're basically saying that something in this world, i.e. circumstances and situations and people, are the source of my strength. And as kingdom people, we are to draw our strength from someone outside of the world. We are to get our strength from outside of this world, i.e. the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? So that no matter what happens in this world, no matter if there is a, a bad day or a good day, no matter if there's a hard day or a blessed day, we will still be strong in the Lord. So God must be our strength. And King David, he knew this. He said in Psalms 28 verse 7, he says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him. Notice what happens when you, when you make God your strength according to that verse. When you make God your strength then you also get God's protection. When you make God's strength you also get his protection. But you also elevate your faith because you learn to trust in him. When you make God your strength you get his help. How many need the help of God? When you make God your strength, you get his help. When you make God uh, your strength, you get his joy. When you get, make God your strength, you get a new song. David knew this. He said, the Lord is my strength. In Psalms 28 verse 8, he says, the Lord is the strength of his people. That's how we're supposed to be as kingdom people. As people that follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we're supposed to draw our strength from Him. That's why Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I want to encourage someone today. Make a decision today to allow God to be the source of your strength. Make a decision that today, God is going to be my strength. Someone shout amen. So how do you renew your strength? Secondly, I would suggest that you speak to your soul. 
speak to your soul. Let me unpack this. Uh, your soul is your mind, it's your will, and it's your emotions. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And how many have learned that sometimes your soul can get overwhelmed in life? How many know that sometimes your soul can get bruised in this life? Your soul can get hurt in this life. And listen to this. When your soul gets overwhelmed by life, it will try to take over your life. When your soul gets overwhelmed by life, it will try to take over your life. And an unchecked soul and, an un and a bruised soul and an overwhelmed soul can sabotage your strength. A hurt soul can sabotage your uh, future. A hurt soul can sabotage the opportunities that God is trying to bring in your life. I was studying the Psalms uh, more deeply last year, and, and many of the Psalms were written by King David. And I remember King David was an individual who had high highs and low lows. He was an individual who uh, had experienced brokenness in life. He experienced depression. He experienced backstabbing. His wife turned on him. Situations turned on him. His own kids turned on him. His friends turned on him. And I was reading the book of Psalms and I learned that many of the Psalms are actually uh, David speaking to his soul. Many of the Psalms are actually David in the midst of a hurting situation, in the midst of a hard situation. You find David speaking to his soul. Listen to this in Psalms 42 verse 11. He says, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Notice what he's doing in that verse right there. He's commanding himself to put his hope in God. He said, why, my soul, are you depressed? Why are you so uh, disturbed? Why don't you have any peace? Don't you remember that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Don't you remember that if God is on your side, who can be against you? Listen, my brothers and sisters, when you are fearful, command your soul to trust in the Lord. When your affections for God run low, command your heart to bless the Lord. When you feel discouraged, command your soul to rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes you got to speak to your soul and don't allow your soul to drive your life. Don't allow your soul uh, to continue to allow you to be paralyzed. I have drawn strength uh, often in my life uh, from the prophet Habakkuk chapter 3. Uh, in my life, in my journey with the Lord, I've experienced uh, low lows and high highs. When you are uh, pressing into the kingdom of God, oftentimes you uh, experience obstacles and just in life in general, you get hurt and you get bruised. And 
throughout the years, I've found myself drawing strength over and over from Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17. This prophet right here gives us insight on how to renew our strength. Listen to what he says. He says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no crop, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. By the way, that is a bad day right there. That was a bad day. You got to remember uh, in this day, the agricultural industry was their livelihood. If they didn't get cattle, they were going to die. If, the, if the, what they planted in the ground didn't produce nothing, they're going to eventually die. What he just described right there was a terrible day. Yet listen to what he says in the middle of the verse. Listen to what he says. He says, yet. Someone say yet. If you have your Bible, circle that word right there, because that's a powerful word right there. He says, yet. In other words, my day can be bad. In other words, all hell can be uh, coming after me. In other words, everything can be falling apart, but I don't have to be enslaved by my circumstance. I don't have to be enslaved by what's going around me. I love that powerful word right there. Listen to what he says, yet. Someone say, yet. He says, yet. I will rejoice. Someone say, I will. I will. Notice the attitude that he has. He says, I will rejoice. I sense an attitude against himself. I sense that he rises up himself against himself with an attitude. And I want to suggest to somebody today that you've been catching an attitude with the wrong people. And sometimes you got to catch an attitude with yourself. When you find yourself slipping into depression and discouragement, sometimes you got to rise up against yourself and say, I will rejoice in the Lord. So you're not going to stay depressed. So you're not going to stay in your bed and watch TV all day long. So you're not going to stay home and, and and, and drink Pepsi all day long. No, I will rejoice. I will rejoice. He catched an attitude in himself. And let me remind you, whenever you have that prefix re on a word, it means to do it again. 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 So when he says rejoice, he is teaching us that at some point in time he lost his joy. At some point in time, he allowed the devil to steal his joy. At some time, in, he allowed circumstances to rob him of his joy. But he was strong enough to stand up against himself and say, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to get my joy back. I'm going to grab onto my joy, and I'm not going to let it go. He said, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful. Get this. In God my Savior. Circle those two words, in God. That goes back to our original reflection, that our strength, God should be the source of our strength. He says, I will rejoice in God. I want to remind someone today that no one is more influential in your life than you. You know why? Because no one talks to you as much as you do. 
No one is as influential in your life as you are because no one talks to you as much as you do. So it's time to rise up in the power of God's word and to speak God's word over your life. Speak God's word over your mind. Speak God's word over your situation. Don't lay down to the situation. Someone shout amen. How do we renew our strength? Lastly, remember what the Lord has done. Remember what the Lord has done. Do you find yourself in a, in a depressing situation? Do you find yourself in a discouraging situation? If you don't today, you just keep on living because eventually you're going to be discouraged. And when you find yourself discouraged, I want you to remember my words that one way that you renew your strength is you need to pause for a moment and you need to think back and you need to remember what the Lord has done. And I want to remind somebody this morning that the stories recorded in the Bible are not recorded just for us to read like a magazine. The miracles written in the Bible are not for us just to approach like they are the National Enquirer or the LA Times. No, those miracles are in the Bible to strengthen our faith when we get discouraged. Those miracles in the Bible are recorded so that when we get discouraged and our faith feels like it's drained, we can read the word again and we could say, if God did it for them, he could do it for us. If God did it for them, he could do it for us. If God did it before, he could do it again. When we get discouraged, how do you renew your strength? Start thinking back to what God has done already in the Bible the Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, he says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that, notice that phrase, so that, that means when you read that scripture, so that through the endurance, someone say endurance, the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Right? We think back. If he did it for them, he could do it for us. If he did it before, he could do it again. If he healed her, he could heal me. If he delivered them, he could deliver me. If he answered their prayers, he could answer my prayers. That's one reason why you never get jealous on another person's blessing. Never get jealous on another person's blessing because when you see somebody's blessed, that is a sign from God that what he did for them, he may be able to do for you too, something similar. So we are to think back and strengthen our faith in the Lord. I want to close with this passage of scripture. In 1 Samuel chapter 21 verse 8. King David in this time was on the run and he was hiding and he was fearful and he was in danger. Saul was trying to capture him and he found himself running. Someone say running. And I want you to notice what happens when David runs. In 1 Samuel chapter 21 verse 8 through 9 it says David acts Ahimelech. And that was the priest. David runs, and he finds himself at his house. Listen to what David says. Don't you have a spear or a sword here? 
I haven't brought my sword or any other weapons because the king's mission was urgent. So notice David did not have a sword. Listen to the priest in verse 9. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. Listen to David. David said, there is none like it. Give it to me. Anybody remember the story of Goliath? Any remember, buddy, remember the giant was threatening the children of Israel and all the soldiers were afraid and young David steps up in boldness in the courage of the Lord and says, man, that guy does not have a covenant with God. We have a covenant with God. And David runs to Goliath, takes his sling and overcomes Goliath. Anybody remember that story? Do you remember what David does over the body of Goliath? David grabs the sword of Goliath, and with the same sword the enemy came at Goliath with, David used that same sword to overcome the enemy with. He used that sword to overcome the enemy. And now, years later, David is on the run from Saul, and he's discouraged, and everybody is against him. He has no weapons. He has no defense, and he's running. He's running, and he runs across this house where the priest is at, and he asks the priest. He says, priest, do you have any weapons here? And the priest says, listen, I don't have any weapons except for the sword of Goliath that you used to overcome the enemy with. Don't you know that that put a smile on David's face? Don't you know when David remembered that sword, he remembered the victory? Don't you know that David at that moment rose up in strength and rose up in power because he reminded, he was reminded of how God brought him the victory. My brothers and sisters, when you feel discouraged, when you are in a hard place, one thing you need to do, first, you better run to your Bible and read what God done in the past. And secondly, you better remember how God has answered your prayers before, how God has given you a breakthrough before. And as you do that, you will rise up in strength of the Lord. Someone shout amen. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and before I call Pastor Raymond up, I want to just pray for anybody who um, needs to experience uh, a fresh strength from the Lord. If you're here today and you feel uh, kind of drained or you feel a little bit weak and you want to experience uh, fresh strength from the Lord. Uh, I want to pray for just a couple people. And for those who are staying in your seat, I'm going to ask that you just remain in an atmosphere of prayer. Um, just pray and reflect upon the Lord. But if you need prayer for strength, I'm going to invite you to the altar. And I'm going to pray uh, 
for you, not just wait a couple moments, but come to the altar and we'll pray over you. Hallelujah. Just come line up right here. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Strength. We'll be praying for strength. Hallelujah. Come to the altar. You need a fresh strength from the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Those that remain seated, just, just stay in the atmosphere of prayer. Our brothers and sisters need your help. They need your support. Just start calling on the name of Jesus. Just start calling on the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. So good to see you today in the house of the Lord. So good to see you. We think about you often. We think about you often. And uh, every time we see you, you are an inspiration and an encouragement. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for your family. That the Lord strengthen you. For those of you who came up to the altar, lift up your hands unto the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray for your people, Lord God. We have come to your altar, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And Father, Lord, we are weak, Lord God. Our bodies are weak, Father. Our minds are weak. Father, I pray for strength, Lord God. I pray for strength for your people, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Your word says in Isaiah that they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that you give each and every one here, Father, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I pray, Father God, that you renew their, their strength like the eagles, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you strengthen their inner man with might by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray for our church mother here, Lord God. She's an inspiration to many, Father, and she's dedicated her life and her home to you. And Father, you have upheld her all these years ever since her husband has gone on to glory. You have upheld her, Lord God, and you're not going to forsake her now, Lord God. You're not going to forsake her now, Lord God. We thank you for that, Lord, and that you strengthen her spirit, Lord God. Strengthen in her spirit and her mind, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. Strengthen her, Lord God. Strengthen her, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for your people, Lord. Holy Spirit, strength. Holy Spirit, strength, Lord God. Holy Spirit, strength, Father. Holy Spirit, strength upon your people, Lord God. Fill them freshly with your strength, Lord God. In Jesus' name, fill them freshly with your strength, Lord God. How's your husband doing? How's your husband doing? How's your husband? He had a fall? Okay, we're going to lift him up. We're going to lift him up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for her husband, Lord God. Such a humble man, Lord God. Father, we pray for his body, Lord God, that you touch his body and heal his body, Lord God. 
Lord, whatever was hurt off of the fall, we pray that you strengthen it, Lord God. Strengthen it, oh Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God. We ask for your healing touch. We pray for your healing touch, Lord God. And Father, we pray for this entire family. This entire family, Father, we cover right now in the blood of Jesus. We pray for the entire family, Lord, that your peace invade their life, Father God. That your peace invade their life, Father God. We pray that the seeds that were planted by this here mother, Lord God, in the hearts of her kids and grandkids, we pray that that seed blossom, Lord God, and we believe that your word will not come back void, Lord God. So we believe for a miracle that her family shall serve the Lord. Her family shall serve the Lord in Jesus' name. They shall serve the Lord. And Father, I pray for this young man right here. Lord, he is standing in the gap, Father God, in Jesus' name. And you are calling him forward, Father. Lord, you are developing him into a leader, Father God, in Jesus' name. I pray that you continue to give him spirit of wisdom and knowledge, Father God, and revelation, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. I pray that you help him raise his son, Father God, in a godly manner, Father God. I pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, Father God, that he fulfills your calling upon his life, Father God. I pray for our brother here, Father God, as he transitions into this new season of his life. I I pray for wisdom, Lord God. I pray for strength, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. I pray for provision, Lord God. I pray for his relationship with his wife, Father God, that you bring peace, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you prepare him for a job, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, Father God. Bless your people, Father God. I pray for everybody who came to this altar, Lord God. Draw them closer to you, Father God. I pray for everybody who's in the house of the Lord today, Father God. I pray that you draw them closer to you, Father God. I pray that you strengthen them in a mighty way, Father God. I pray that you fill them with the power of your Holy Spirit, Father God. I pray that everybody who leaves this place today leaves filled with your power, Lord God, and your strength, Father God. Lord, we call upon your mighty name, Lord God. We call upon your mighty name and we believe, Father God, that if you did it before, you could do it again, Lord God. We believe, Father God, your Bible, Lord. We believe your Bible is the word of God, Father. We believe that your Bible has power, your Bible, Lord God. And what you've done for your people, you will do again. Lord, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. We give you the honor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone says, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God is good all the time. I'm going to call up Pastor Raymond to lead us. Give it up for Pastor Raymond. Hallelujah, let's give it up for the meal that God has served up. You know, today, Father's Day, the Lord is giving out a free meal. And, and who is getting full today? Who is getting full on the Word of God? Praise the Lord. So I just want to thank Pastor Terry and Pastor Brian for giving us a word. So I have to speak on uh, a kingman. King, Kingsman is a watchful man. And just look at me like the dessert. You know, I, we, we, we've been eating, it's been a good course, so I'm, I'm like the third course part of the meal. I'm, I'm the dessert, I'm the, I'm the cheesecake, I'm, I'm the, 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 what is it, a 
double fudge with a scoop of ice cream on top. So, so let's continue to lean into this word as we continue to learn what a kingdom man is. So I want to just open it up by saying a kingdom man is a watchful man. A kingdom man is a watchful man. Uh, in order to appreciate uh, what, what Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians, he is saying, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong. Uh, in order for us to appreciate this, this word that Paul is giving the Corinthian church, is we got to understand how the church is being attacked. How the church is being infiltrated from the lack of being a watchful posture when things are infiltrating the church. Uh, uh, the, the, the Corinthians were known as people that were sexually immor immorality. Uh, the, the, the church was, was uh, you know, suing each other in court. They were abusing the Lord's Supper. And they were always in this type of violating the things of God. Uh, I, I love it right here because, because uh, they had a name uh, that, that the Corinthians were known for. They were called the Cruddy Corinthians. The, the Cruddy Corinthians. And, and the reason why they were known as the Cruddy Corinthians is that, that whenever there was something uh, offensive to God, the Corinthians were not too far from that. So in response, Paul is saying we need to, to be watchful for things that are causing us to sin. We, we need to be watchful to the things that are, are, are an offense to God. I love this, Paul is saying that, that the, if we don't implement these things, we're going to end up always sinning and sinning over and over again. And, and this is awesome because um, Paul uh, is, is not only giving this scripture, but it's considered a command. So in other words, it's a God strategy against the attack of the enemy. Uh, I want to focus on the first part of the scripture, a kingdom man is watchful. What Paul is saying to the men is that we need to be watchful here. Also, Paul is not just suggesting this. Paul is not just, you know, asking of this. Paul is not just uh, uh, recommending that the church is being watchful. But Paul is exercising his apostolic authority to be watchful. Uh, and, and, and in order to, to appreciate this is that, that he's making a reference saying it's not negotiable, it's mandatory, and it's vital to be aware of the enemy attacking us, church. So the Greek word for watchful is Gregorio. Uh, if anybody has named Greg in the house, it, 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 Greg is a, is a root word of being watchful, Gregorio, which means to watch, to give strict attention, to be cautious, and to be active. Uh, other translations or other definitions of this is being vigilant, being wide awake, being alert, uh, to look especially for danger that is coming towards you to watch intensely. This word watchful is giving us, a, is positioning us to be aware, be alert, to watch out for any attack that is coming against us. So Paul is letting them in know and letting the Corinthian church is, we need to get a handle on how the enemy has been coming against the people. If you notice, Paul was the one that, that, that uh, launched the church of Corinth. 
he, 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 he was a church plant. He was, he, was, he was over the church. He was their spiritual father. He was the one that was responsible to watch. And how many know that, that Paul was, before he became Paul, he was Saul, and he was a master of the Old Testament. So as he's seeing these people in the Corinthian church being uh, infiltrated, he says, I remember a scripture in Ezekiel. I, I know this scripture. I memorized this scripture. I, 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 I learned this scripture. I have this scripture etched in my heart, and I'm going to release this scripture of a watchman found in Ezekiel 3.17. It says this, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear the word from my mouth, you shall give them a warning for me. I love this about Paul because he is telling Ezekiel is that I made you, I formed you, I fashioned you to have the ability to be a watchman, to be a watchman. And, and, and he's saying, would you come and watch with me? Would you come in and, 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 and take this biblical example to fend off the predicament that you're getting into over and over again? And, and we must, and we must, and we must be watchful men according to the scriptures. Uh, God, and I love this because God is, is speaking of a watchman. And, and everyone at that time, whether you were a kid or you were an, an, an elder, knew the significance, knew the crucialness, knew the vitality of a watchman watching over the city. Uh, there was always a, a potential threat. There was always potential armies coming to take over the cities, to pillage, and to persecute the people. So, God is giving an analogy of how these watchmen function. So back then they had these cities and they, they built these big towers in the cities uh, on the either side of the gate or by the gate where, where we, the watchman would climb up and, and put himself in a higher perspective to see in a distance if there's anyone coming towards the city. And, and, and if, you, if you appreciate this, that the watchman had to make a split decision whether what's coming towards the city was a threat or was it, it, was it friendly? What, what, was it an army or was it just a trades people coming or, or people just coming and passing through trying to get some resources? So I love this about the watchmen because they really kind of had to study things from a distance. They didn't have no satellites. They didn't have no drones. They didn't have no uh, special GPS or any type of camera set up out there. They relied solely on their position and the, the ability to see in the distance. So they would actually study how the dust was being stirred up. Uh, it determined the speed, the, the, the magnitude, and, and, and the aggression. They, they had to study how the horses were. Was it a war horse, or was it just a horse carrying supplies? They, 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 had, to, they had to see, is this person riding uh, like a trained soldier? Or is he just uh, 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 like a guy passing through? Is he just like a tradesman? So he was exercising his, uh, his, his discernment in order to make the split decision to close the gates, to get active in the offense that's coming towards the city. Uh, I love this about this, this example that God is using because a watchman uh, needed to understand, is this have, does this have bad intentions? 
or do they come in peace? And I believe a, a kingdom man has the same obligation and the same spiritual uh, obligation given by God that we see things in the people that are around us. We, we discern things from the words that are coming out of the mouth of our spouses, our kids, and everyone that we fellowship to determine is there a breach in this and how do I respond? How do I warn? How do I adjust to anything that is causing this brother or sister to be not free? I, I love this about, about the watchman because we are charged as a kingdom man to be watchful. Uh, a watchful a watchman of the kingdom recognizes a spiritual attack coming. Uh, he, he has to determine whether the person is being infiltrated by the spirit or the Holy Spirit, right? You have to be determining, the Bible says that we have to determine between good and evil. A, a kingdom man has to position himself. I love this because we have a position as kingdom men to be the priests of our homes. We, we, have, we have to take position. If you notice the watchman, he didn't see better. He, didn't, he wasn't anything special. But due to his position, he was able to recognize something coming against the people. Uh, kingdom man uh, has to exercise discernment uh, around and being that watchful person. So to answer a quick question as I close, what do we watch out for? A kingdom man needs to watch out for the adversary. First uh, Peter 5, 8, it says this. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Uh, a kingdom man uh, watches and strengthens what remains. Almost like a kingdom man is like, he's able to self-examine, self-watch over him saying, these are the areas that I'm strong and these are the areas that I need improvement. Uh, Revelations 3, 1 through 2, it says, wake up and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found the works complete in the sight of my God. A kingdom man is challenged or, or commissioned or charged to watch and pray. You guys know the story when Jesus was going into the garden or, or going into to, to pray with God. He brought his disciples over in Matthew 26, 38. It says, my soul is very sorrowful even to the point of death. Remain here and watch with me. And if you notice what happened to the disciples, they fell asleep. The devil's main attack against the man that is charged to watch, a watchful man, a kingdom man, is causing them to be lazy, complacent, and asleep. I'm going to say that again. The main attack of the devil against a man that is charged to watch, a kingdom man, is to be lazy, be complacent, or falls asleep. Uh, he responds by saying that when he, when he walked upon them, he says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Man, uh, just like Jesus is, was calling the disciples to watch and pray, uh, I love this about Jesus. He says, he's not, I'm not telling you to go to the cross. I'm not telling you to, to take the whole world, uh, the, the whole sins on your shoulders. I'm just asking you, will you watch with me? Can, can, can you watch with me? Can you watch and pray? Can you support me as I go into to, to, to enter into the, to the, you know, prepare to be hung on the cross. Can you watch with me? 
The, Jesus is saying this, and, and, and I'm, I'm believing today, he is challenging the men today and asking us, would you watch for me? Can you watch for me? In closing, and as the worship team starts playing again, thank you, brother. I, I just want just to challenge every man here to, to, to step in to their calling to be a kingdom man. And, and I want to thank everybody for just, uh, you know, sitting in. It's a little bit longer today, but, but I thank everyone for your attention and, and the leading in of the word today. And, and as I close, I just want us to think, you know, we had some words coming through. God has been, been just releasing words into us. And what area in us does God want to strengthen, equip, or increase what we are already doing? So just give a, a little bit of time for reflection. And I, I would like to just uh, uh, have us some time for reflection. And I would love to pray for you where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet. Would you stand with me? I was going to pray over each and every one of you and, and just that challenging us to walk into what God is asking us to walk into. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this powerful piece of Scripture. We thank you, God, for a God strategy to fight back against the enemy. So, God, I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment by your Holy Spirit that your people will be equipped, that your people will be strengthened. And, and, and I, I pray that their level of joy would increase going about living out what you have called them to do. Lord, Father God, we thank you and we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Thank you, church. I'm going to call up. Oh, Josh is already up here. Brother Josh. Amen, amen. Let us begin to worship the Lord with our tithes and offerings. So scripture that comes to mind is Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. It reads that Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watch as crowds dropped in their money. Rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. So the reason Jesus was so moved by her is because she had put in more than all those who were contributing in offering box, even though the situation portrays her as less. The rich came, but she was poor. They gave large sums, but she gave only two copper coins. One can imagine the wealthy being celebrated by everyone else while this woman 
was anonymous and forgotten. But not to Jesus. Why? Because she gave more than they did. Clearly, her two copper coins were not more in total value, but they were more in proportion because they were her all. Verse 44 says, this is why Jesus said, for they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. For the wealthy givers that day, there was no sacrifice. But this woman paid the price for her generosity. She had given it all. And Jesus was more blessed by the proportion of her giving than the portion of their giving. It's not about the portion. It's about the proportion. It's not about giving the same amount as the brother or sister next to you. It's about giving what God has put in your heart. And that amount is between you and the Lord. And couldn't we say that our two copper coins did more than the other gifts that day? I would say the disciples needed her selfless example. They all eventually grew in their sacrifices and the shape of the world and our lives are better partly because of this devotion that the Lord used her in. Not only that, I would imagine billions or trillions have been given to God's kingdom because of this woman's example. For 2,000 years, God used her to confront his people. Her little gift is still doing super abundant good. Imagine what God will do in your sacrifice. God shaped 2,000 years, two millennium on two copper coins of a widow. Imagine what would happen if we all as saints sacrifice for the Lord. So as I call the ushers up, I have a couple announcements and ways to give. If you like to give through an offering box or debit machine, those are both in the lobby. You may also give online at www.chopletchange.org. And we also have a QR code that will pop up on the screen that you may give through as well. And a couple of announcements. This Saturday at Whittier Campus, we have a Women's Abide gathering in the morning at 8.30. So all your sisters, don't miss out. Come through and press in. We also have this Thursday, we are continuing Pastor Laura's School of Prayer here at Paramount in the evening this Thursday. So keep coming through. Keep learning about prayer. And this Wednesday, we have Impact Young Adults. So any young adults that's in the house, we meet in the fellowship hall, eventually the sanctuary at 7 p.m. So let us all pray for our tithes and offerings. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you just for what you have done today, Lord. We thank you for our fathers, Lord. Lord, we thank you for being that example to us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the example that you have shown with this widow, Lord. God, you are just constantly giving us examples, being a role model, giving us role models, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, in this sacrifice, God, by the blood of your Son, you bring testimonies, Lord, of salvation. You bring testimonies of deliverance and healing. You bring testimonies of elevation and promotion, Lord. Lord, we know that your kingdom will be done in justice here on this earth, Lord. We thank you that you are using us, God, that you have given us an opportunity to join your mission in spreading your gospel on this earth, to be a light in the darkness, Lord. 
Lord, we thank you so much, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that your will be done in this blessing, Lord. That, your, that, that, that you bless each and every single person according to the will you have in their life, Lord. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. stand to your feet. It is custom here at Chapel of Change that we extend our hands and uh, get ready to prepare to receive the blessing of the Lord. So, and at that, this time I want to call up the pastors up here in front. They'll want to pray for you. Some of our leaders, please come up. We have extended prayer after. Also, we have a photo uh, booth in the back for fathers if you want to get your picture in. And we have Italian food lunch in our fellowship hall. So I encourage everybody just to have a good time in fellowship after. Let us extend our hands. In the name of the Father who loved us with an endless love. In, in the name of, of Jesus who died so we could live. In, in the name of the Holy Spirit who continues to help us be kingdom men and women. May you go in the protection of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And it will come back.